Welcome to Sober Conversations, and thank you for joining us today. Sober Conversations is the podcast that gets to the heart of addiction recovery by examining all the angles of the sober lifestyle and just what it means to be alive, healthy, and thriving. My name is Dr. Herbie Bell, and today's episode number 22 is a conversation entitled Rehab, Now What?, I have the distinct pleasure of having a conversation with Alex Zemeckis, visionary and founder of a healing place called The Grounds in beautiful La Jolla, California. Alex and his team of professionals have created a model for a continuum of care, as he calls it, and, as we all know, is required for long-term addiction recovery. The Grounds specializes in working with young men from 18 to 30 years in age who are seeking a holistic path toward finding the right balance of education, work, good health, and community to support a sober and wellness lifestyle. Let's get to what Alex and The Grounds are all about right now. Alex Zemeckis, you're on Sober Conversations. You are such a Spartan and a gentleman for joining us this morning. How are you down in SoCal? Doing wonderful today, Herbie. Thanks for having me on. Well, I'm so excited about this conversation because we are both very uh, attracted to our mother ocean and surfing has been a big part of our recovery. I can't wait to see how that mixes in, but I want to know what you're about. And so I'm going to uh, begin by asking you to give us a thumbnail sketch of how you found this work in addiction recovery and why you're on this, what I like to call hero's journey. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, well... um you know, I couldn't agree anymore sharing the Mother Ocean and what that's done for us mutually. I, uh, you know, a little piece, a little nutshell of where I've gotten today is, you know, a lot of personal experience in this field. Um, I'm, I'm very transparent about that. Um, you know, it hasn't backfired on me and I, I am pretty confident it won't. I, uh, you know, so I have personal history growing up in treatment programs and, um, that was just part of my story, and I don't regret any of it. Uh, after college, um, finally getting sober for the last time, um, I knew I wanted to pursue this field because of my experience. And I, I had some ideas of a need for a particular niche and uh, decided to move forward in setting up a facility here in San Diego. So um, – it's been a long time coming, but we're here today, and we're doing well within our first year, and it's just one door is opening up after another organically, and I'm just excited to be on this journey. Beautiful. I can't wait to ask you about that. I'm inferring from what you just said, being in treatment programs early on, so you were a young guy, and, and people were sort of uh, the highbrow looking at Alex and saying, hey, this guy uh, uh, rocks and rolls by a different drummer, that kind of thing, and so you were in different treatment programs that way? That's a great way to put it. Exactly. Rocking and rolling by a different drummer. Yeah. You know, the beat of my own drum for sure. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, that's my story. And, uh, you know, because of it, I have the experience I have today. So that was, that was it. Beautiful. Okay. I'm sure that uh, plenty of people out there can identify with that feeling like, uh, a bit of a fish out of water in this culture. And now you've, uh you found this magnificent groove. So your facility in, speaking of magnificent, San Diego, La Jolla, California, is called, I love yeah. this, The Grounds. I want to know how the name emerged 
and tell us what goes on there. Yeah, great question. You know, it's it's funny. I get a lot of different responses about the name and branding, and, and you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, that's fantastic." A lot of people are like, "What is that coffee?" And I say, you know, they're both hand, they go both hand in hand. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, you know, my my intention with creating the grounds is that I wanted to create a brand that was, you know, um, culture creative, and I wanted to do something a little more outside the box, something a little bit more edgy. Um, you know, a lot of facilities use bridges and roads and trees and, you know, and that's all great. But I really wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, I wanted to have something where, you know, guys could relate to and, and say, hey, man, you got to get it together. You got to come here to the grounds and, and, and lay the groundwork, do some real work. And, um, you know, an, another big component of it was my passion for, you know, extreme board sports, surfing in particular, Um you know, Volcom, they have the North Shore house um, right on Sunset Pipeline. And, and uh, basically their their slogan is the proving grounds. As a professional surfer, you have to prove that you can surf Hawaii. And, um, you know, from a, from a young age, I've always been really passionate about that branding. So, you know, I really had to ask myself, what do, what do I love? What are my passions? And I was able to tie it in with my work. So. Hey, talk about bridges, <clears throat> man! I can't wait to to explore this a little bit uh, because I was particularly attracted to your work and the way that you talk about the disconnect between uh, abstinence—in other words, putting the cork on the jug—and the thing we call recovery, and how you're on a mission to actually bridge that metaphorically. So, what is the distinction about uh, between abstinence and recovery? And then elaborate a little bit on how practices like surfing help. Yeah, wonderful. I mean, you know, when I created The Grounds, I I, I saw this need, um, you know, that bridge you're relating to. I I felt like there was this, you know, this gap that needed to be bridged. And, um, you know, I found kind of this this systematic, uh, you know, process of, of, of intervention to primary treatment. And that was all, you know, that all, or, or you know, uh, transport to wilderness program, whatever the route. But that was all very effective, and it still is. Um, but then, you know, I saw guys come out of a, you know, an RTC or a wilderness program where their their day is completely regimented from from beginning to end, and it's highly structured. And then all of a sudden, you know, they they discharge to a sober living environment where there is no structure, and it's just kind of like. You know, be home by 10 and figure it out. Good luck. Um, And then I saw guys get complacent and crash and burn because, you know, they didn't really have any life skills. They didn't know how to live life. You know, they knew how, you know, they had to go to meetings and get a sponsor and do all that kind of stuff. Or if it was behavioral, they knew how to, you know, work with their anxieties or whatnot. And But as far as life skills, there was none. So I pondered the idea and the question. I said, how do I create something that, you know, really focuses on life skills and um, that's really what we do at the grounds. Well, t- tell me if you um, if you dig this this sort of uh, way to say w- what you just said. Let's see if we're on the same page. That eighty six percent, let's call it eighty six percent of the the disorders and diseases we're dying of in this culture are a hundred percent preventable. Eighty six percent and eighty six percent of the relapses that occur all the time in addiction recovery um, are indeed uh, preventable 
as well. And neither one of those groups have a life skill set to deal with this terrible conundrum. Don't, don't you see it like, that way? And you're trying to provide something that really bridges that. Yeah, absolutely, Herbie. I mean, that statistic is amazing. You know, I, 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 see, I see two parts of it, you know, the preventable side and then treating, you know, the, the, you know, treating after the fact. And, um, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of great organizations that are working on the, you know, the preventative side of addiction treatment. And, um, you know, for example, uh, I work with John Sunt, who has a phenomenal nonprofit here in San Diego called Natural High. Um, nice. And, uh, you know, as far as, you know, you know, the recovery piece and on, on, the, on the retreating after the fact, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's all, it's all so intervenable and, um, you know, people just don't have the right resources, um, and the awareness to unfortunately get through that, um, and so, you know, I, I believe that statistic entirely and I think, I think, you know, I see it every day, so. And and there's something about community. I love that community. The word unity is in community, and you've established this deal where you are. So people are informed by something that's not necessarily some kind of mechanistic uh, cultural approach, uh, but you're approaching it with something that we all need to bring on board. So the grounds teams up and has support with an organization, which I love, uh, called Roots, spelled with a Z. We've lost hold of our roots. How does that work? Tell us about Roots. Sure. Well, you know, Roots is actually another um, company that I created prior to the grounds. It's all sort of part of, um, you know, one door opening up after another for me. You know, Roots was sort of a uh, individualized companion um, business that I created you know, because I, I wanted to sort of bring the coaching services and the life skills to guys, you know, in their own environment, whether that be their own apartment or their own shared environment, um, whatever that may be, teaching cooking, um, hygiene support, um, you know, anything a- a- along those lines. Um, but yeah, no, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's critical. And that's what I found that I'm doing in the residential environment right now. But community is a great piece, and I'm really glad you touched on that because the wonderful thing about the ground is it's truly a hybrid. It's a you know, it's a community and it's a brotherhood, and it's you know, it's wonderful in that sense. Um, but it's really an individualized program, you know. Um, so it's it's really trying to teach guys the balance between hey, we need to all look out for each other, but um, hey, you know, really at the end of the day, this is this is for my own program, and and I gotta I gotta stick with the winners. So, very cool. Now I understand you've had three phases, and and um, I love the dog in the background. So don't worry about that. Hey man, you know this is San Diego. We just we kind of roll with, with with whatever's going on. Improvise. Well, you you pay reverence to all forms and species. What what is the uh, breed? I you know this is a wonderful. It's a Cairn Terrier. Oh my fave. Toto from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> sweet sweet dog. Um, so she's probably trying to hold down the fort here with whatever's going on. So I was talking about the three phases. Do you want to brush on that or? Yeah. So the, you know, the three phases, um, you know, basically we don't really have a name for any of them. It, you know, we're so small and we're so tailored that, you know, the vision is, you know, transitional living life skills, residential, um, you know, basically phase one is, you know, the containment 
really tight. There's a lot of support on the front end. You come in, you get grounded, um, you integrate. You know, we take the cell phone, we take the laptop away for a week or two. And, you know, you really, fo- you, know, the, you know, the member gets really focused on plugging in. Um, they have to follow through on all the programmatic requirements, which is, you know, we take guys to an equine ranch. Uh, to do equine therapy, which isn't is that awesome. beautiful? Don't you love it, that? It's amazing, and I, I honestly, you know, was somewhat close-minded about it, you know, because my program director suggested it, and then I did it myself, and I was blown away. So, um, you know, that that's amazing. You know, the offsite therapy, the cooking classes, um, everything we do, basically on the front end, guys have to participate a hundred percent with that. Now, as they get their own jobs or they get enrolled in school um, and they're able to dictate to us, you know, that they're, you know, they're able to fall through um, on some responsibility in their life, those services start to scale back. And um, as they earn it, um, we wean them off a little bit of that service because the whole intention and the entire goal is to transition them independent living. So... If I were to just hold the container tight throughout the entire duration of their stay and I'd just be dropping them on their feet, I hadn't done my job. So we really have to scale back, wean them, transition to them in their own independence. So phase three basically looks like, you know what, I got my, you know, I've got my entire life created for myself right now. I've got this extra support. I'm a leader in the community. And I'm basically just kind of living at the grounds at this point because I've completely set up my life. Wow. Transition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a concept to set up one's life instead of uh, thinking that it's just going to happen for us. G- give me. Uh, let me go off on a tangent here for a second. What is the a, the ethos around the integrated nutrition? Do, are you guys down with uh, Paleolithic concepts, ancestral health stuff, or wh- how do you approach it? Yeah. You know, I have this um, phenomenal Cordon Bleu chef who comes in, and you know, we have. You know, we shop organically, GMO-free vegetables and, uh, you know, genetically, you know, for anybody who doesn't know what that is, you know, we, we avoid genetically modified organisms. And, um, you know, health and wellness, con- you know, consciousness is, is critical. And uh, so, you know, we have good food at the house. Um, but not only that, you know, we also teach guys how to prepare good food. Nice. And, and what, um, what food entails. You know, um, unfortunately, as you know, Herbie, you walk into, a, you know, your average grocery store and 80 percent of it is 80 percent of everything in there is made from, you know, corn products. And um, so, you know, really just educating that and, and uh, also the, the meals that she does prepare and she does teach um, for the guys is, is meals that they can prepare on their own. You know, I really find that teaching guys how to make eggs Benedict is impractical. Um, because when they, you know, how often you make eggs Benedict on your own compared to something like teriyaki salmon steaks with an arugula salad, you know, something that they can prepare as a young adult living in an apartment, um, in college or whatever, but they're also not eating mac and cheese at 1130 at night. And there's a huge difference there. Um, brain functioning, um, you know, motor skills, all of that. I, I see it guys that eat healthy compared to unhealthy, it's completely drastic. Oh, you're, this is just music to my ears, I'm telling you. The distinction between GMOs and organic food, we just tr- say to people, uh, why don't you try not to eat poison? Yes. And it's as simple as that. The, just eat real food. It's so great to hear that you are adding to these guys' repertoire 
of setting up their life is how to, what could be more important? I, I love that thing. Speaking of uh, Terran uh, Terriers, Karen Terriers? Yeah, Karen Terriers, yeah. You, you know, you go to the vet and the vet says, uh, what's your dog eating? You go to the Western medical folks and they say, what medications are you taking? It, it, it's bizarre. Anyway, yeah. thank you for that. Uh, yeah. and, and so like, I'm you know, reassured, you know, rest assured, Mally eats really good dog food. <laughs> All right. So I want to get into a big question, and that is what is your read on then why addiction is America's number one public health challenge? What's causing this soup sandwich? Wow. You know, I think I think there's so many factors at play, Herbie. I, you know, I think um, number one, you know, basically the lack of awareness and education about this disease. Um, I think there's so much, um, you know, there's not a lot of data and there's some, you know, there's, there's a lot of it that's opaque. And um, a lot of it is, I think, are doing as well um, for people in recovery, you know, because of, you know, and this is, this is my stance on it, obviously, is, you know, I think, Anonymity is a critical part of recovery, and I totally respect that. But at the same time, you know, we're all, you know, we're not really teaching society as a whole about recovery and addiction from recovery. I mean, the reality is there's a, there are so many powerful people in this world that are, you know, recovering junkies, alcoholics, crackheads that are doing such amazing things, and nobody knows about it because of our, um, you know, anonymity. And it's 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 a difficult thing. I, I think there's. I think it's very, very gray area. You know, there, it's, it's, it's really hard to pinpoint. But, I, you know, if, if we can find a way to sort of educate people as a whole, you know, health care, um, school systems, um, you know, that we, we can recover and, and we do amazing things when we do recover, um, I think that will change, that'll change the game um, in a lot of ways. So I think, I think education and awareness is critical. Um, I think also kind of how we've designed our criminal justice system is uh, pretty horrific. I, you know, I, I, forgive me if these statistics are, are off, but I think, you know, I, I heard something along the lines of ballpark. It's something if somebody's arrested with a possession charge, it costs them 50 grand. It costs the state 50 grand to process somebody for a possession charge. Um, now think about all the arrests, arrests that are made because of drug possession. And if you could channel all that funding into recovery and um, prevention, um, not to mention the drug war. I mean, we're really spending money on all the wrong things. So, you know, I, I think it's, a, it's an education, it's awareness piece, and then we need to overhaul the entire system because it's just completely flawed and it's not working. Well, I agree with you categorically. I uh, want to ask you, perhaps I've asked you before, have you seen Greg Williams' The Anonymous People feature documentary? Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Absolutely, I have. Yeah, it's just, uh, I, I think you're just so on to something that anonymity helps us get back on our feet, but it could be hindering us in a huge way. And the other thing is um, addiction, incarceration, Moms United, against the uh, war on drugs is a very cool deal, too, for listeners to go to Moms United. If you Google that, you'll see that there's some people that are just had it up to here with the way 
you know, 75% of the people in our prison systems are, are drug addicts and alcoholics. It's nuts. Well, let's get back to how the grounds really can help some people. Let me ask you a question in this way. What suggestions or advice do you have for men in your target market age group, which is 18 to 30 years old, who are looking for a place like the grounds for structure and smoother assimilation back to community, as you've been talking about, after deciding to tackle their addictions? What what do you think a guy listening out there um, should do? Short of uh, contacting you, of course, I think it's a great idea, but no, great question, you know, and, and most of the time, um, you know, when guys get to me, it's, it's via family intervention and then the lights come on for them. And, but for a guy who's, who's, you know, sort of floating out there and suffering and, and, and seeking, um, you know, really just, just start looking up, um, transitional living, um, you know, life skills, residential program, you know, they can check out my website, you know, the grounds recovery.com, um, and really, it's just going to be getting honest with yourself, you know, knowing that, you know, the only thing you got to change is everything. And um, if you really want to aspire to a good life and, and live a, a solid, healthy life, you know, you're going to have to go through some some uh, some painful decisions that are going to inevitably help you in the long run. And, um, you know, for guys, you know, the, the, the amazing piece of, of the guys that I work with, you know, they have these ideas of what they think is working for them. And, and uh, you know, their thinking is not necessarily working very well for them. And um, I love seeing that transformation, you know, from beginning of end where guys, you know, they come in and, and they, they think they know what's best for them. And then they, they get humbled through the process. And, you know, for, for guys out there, you know, um, you're right where you're supposed to be, and if if your thinking is not working for you, it's okay. But make the decision to commit. And you know, if you're like me, you're a great starter, not a very good finisher. And uh, it all starts with with completing tasks and following through. Well, that's awesome. I I love that old adage that only one thing changes, and that's everything. But you're also saying uh, things just change one little bit at a time. Uh, having made that surrender to to do something different. So thank you for being there to help people along the way. I mean, when we project this out into the larger culture, it seems to me the culture is saying the same thing. Hey, I don't want to change everything. Give us little, uh, you know, edible bites and we'll get there. So, yeah. uh, excuse me, you were going to say something? No, no, I was just, I was just saying absolutely. I mean, we're, we're, we're making progress. Good deal. And I want to I want to go back to the surfing thing because you and I are so stoked on that. And uh, well, let's just stick with surfing. And that is that it seems to me when I discipline one area of my life, lots and lots of things fall into place. And so I get a wonderful um, way of being and neurotransmitter cascade brain reward, let's call it feeling. And that's what I want to do. I want to feel well through my surfing practice and so I do things that are esteemable so that I can continue getting that. So isn't it, isn't it like that, that we trade a bad habit for a much better habit? It's exactly what it is. And, um, you know, I'm so glad you brought up discipline as well. I mean, so much of it is, is discipline and holding boundaries in this work. And, you know, back to the surfing piece. Um, absolutely. You know, I, I really hate the, you know, I really hate the expression switching one addiction for the other. Um, you know, I, I understand that, but as far as surfing, that's not necessarily the case, you know, for me, 
I'm, you know, I'm not addicted to surfing. I find surfing to be an authentic form of meditation for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's just phenomenal being down here in, in La Jolla. Um, you know, you have some of the most consistent best surf, um, in the California coastline and, uh, you know, the ability to sort of allow, um, my guys to, to be a part of that, um, is amazing. And, and, and for me, you know, it's just when I'm riding a surfboard, um, it's a sensation of, of timelessness. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have to worry about the, the bills getting paid or the relationship issues or whatever that may be that is plaguing my consciousness. I'm absolutely grounded. I'm present. It's literally, I think I said this word before, it's the most authentic state I could be in. So to be able to share that with guys and give them an opportunity to experience that, um, you know, you know what a gift. And, and that's my goal. Well, I want what you're having when you talk that way. I told you that I went to the University of California in San Di- at, at San Diego in, in the 70s and majored in Black's Beach. So when, when you talk about La Jolla, I just perk up. So cool. Will you give us a story or two, of course, not mentioning anybody's name, but men that you've worked with perhaps and maybe on this land. What, what do you think men get during and after being with your team? You've... You've alluded to it, but is there are there any nuts and bolts? Yeah, no, great. You know, I, I'm I'm going to give an example of of one guy in particular. You know, he um, you know the the uh, enrollment process was very orthodox. He came from a, a great primary treatment center. Um, you know, after 30 days of being there, and um, you know, he was diagnosed bipolar, and. Uh, you know, but he, he came in and, and, and even though, you know, the program is, is a pretty good program, you know, the psychiatrist had, had basically over-medicated him and he was on a lot of Seroquel and, <sighs> um, you know, it was, it was, it's very tough for us because, you know, we're a life skills residential, so we're not a, you know, we're not a clinical program. So it's kind of like, we don't, we can't really intervene, um, as, as we'd like to with that. But anyway, you know, he was, he was somewhat over-medicated and, um, you know, he had a Seroquel deficiency. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, we we got him in, and and we you know he felt very unstable, and uh, you know he was kind of self-diagnosing himself. Why well, have my thing? And and you know he could you could just tell he was very uh, conditioned, institutionalized. And um, you know we were really worried. We we're like, I don't know if this guy's going to make it. You know, I, you know, we really, we really got to think of a next step where we could refer him out to maybe a higher level of care. I mean, we were, we were going down all these roads, and 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 uh, basically what we did is we got him hooked up with a local psychiatrist who basically said, yes, he is overmedicated, and um, he titrated him down to a healthy dose of meds, and this guy ended up just plugging in. Um, you know, with his recovery, you know, getting a sponsor, doing the work, you know, he, he was able to, we were able to hone in on his impulse, impulsivity. Um, you know, he was, you know, he was pretty, pretty defined from the start and then he, and then that started to taper off and he started to be an asset to the community. And now, I mean, he's almost, and he's been with us five months and he is just a total leader in the community He's working part-time as, you know, a short-order cook. Um, he's saving money. He's doing great. He's surfing. He's hitting the gym. I mean, this is a guy that we had literally, like, written off 
you know, from the beginning. And now he's like probably one of the biggest assets to my house. So, um, I really consider him a success story. And, uh, you know, you never, for, for me, it's a learning experience. You never know how the transformations are going to go. I, I see some of these guys come in and I go, Oh boy, this is going to be, this is going to be a toughie. And, uh, and then they just flourish. And, um, so, you know, I hope that answers your question. It answers it in spades, just beautiful. And I'm telling you that uh, a good doctor is good to find, right? Along with your yep. good healing and doctoring and shamanic work, shamanic work, um, uh, I, I really think that, you know, what you're offering is as powerful as any good doctor around. So way to be. So how about the extension of this uh, this young stalwart lad? What should families and parents know about what young men are up against with this brain disorder and disease? Yeah, great question. You know, I've, I've talked to, you know, um, a lot of clinicians and, you know, basically because of the trend of everything with data and insurance and, you know, um, the patients are, are going to be more acute. And, um, you know, what I'm starting to notice with, with – uh, you know, these young adults is they, they sort of self-diagnose themselves and, uh, it's, it's can be really frustrating. Um, but you know, I, I really think that it's for families out there, it can, you know, you can really get wrapped up in that and all that. And you know what the reality is your, your son or daughter may just have an addiction problem. Um, and you know, there's, I really just suggest, you know, not getting too worked up about it. And, and you can't make any progress if you're under the influence of drugs and alcohol. You know, my, uh, my personal experience, I had psych testing done under the, you know, literally basically under the influence. And then I had psych testing done six months sober and it was day and night. Um, so, you know, it's just nothing can get done with the, you know, with, with drug addiction, the manipulation piece and, and take action and do the right thing. And, and your son or daughter can recover and do well. It's just making sure that they're placed in the right environment and, you know, you're rigorously honest with yourself and, and trying and, and, and hoping that they'll be honest with themselves. And, uh, but it takes time, you know, it's, it's really a journey. It's a lifetime. I want to reinforce this this place, this kumbaya place that I always love to go off on, and that is the transformational piece. And I hear you saying that you're not you're not training men to go back into being in the conveyor belt uh, nutty culture that produces addiction in the first place. You're training men to be true to themselves, to have a life that works, and add to the wellness in the culture as a holistic uh, sort of big picture. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Herbie. It's all about going back to the basics. You know, I know I've talked a lot about, you know, diagnoses and, and medications and all that. And I just want to be clear that I am not a doctor. You know, I have a, a master's degree in, uh, you know, holistic spiritual psychology. That's a very interpersonal program. But, you know, I'm not a licensed clinician. And, um, you know, so really for me, it's like my, my you know, obviously I work with doctors and, and um and all of that. But for me, it's just like going back to the basics, you know, that's what's so important. And the basics and the fundamental life skills is lost through drug addiction. And, you know, I, I have this great example of, of, of sort of, um, our product in action. You know, I, I took a guy down to do a, a job interview and, you know, first, you know, before we left the house, his, his, his button down shirt was all wrinkled. And I said, iron that right now. He said, uh, and then he did, you know, he ironed it. 
And then we went down to the place and he went into the, it was a pizza parlor he was applying to. And, uh, you know, he comes back out, you know, a minute later and says, the manager's not here yet. They said the manager's going to be back in 10 minutes. I said, all right, well, we're going to wait. Grabs a skateboard out of the car, lights a cigarette and starts skateboarding on the curb in front of his job. Now, not to mention, you know, I do allow guys to smoke in my facility, but I'm looking at banning that. And, and when they do smoke, you know, we really work on trying to, you know, end that as soon as possible. So right. anyway, he lit a cigarette and he started grinding the curb with the skateboard in front of the job. I said, come here. I said, do you understand what you've just done? You just started skateboarding in front of the establishment and you lit a cigarette. The odds of you getting this job now are basically slim to none. And he just had no idea. I mean, he had no clue. And so, you know, of course, he didn't get that job. But then on the next job interview, you know, he didn't smell like cigarettes. He had a great looking shirt. He was ready. He wasn't doing anything ridiculous like skateboarding. And it's just, you know, it goes back to those fundamental basics. And then when he does, now that he does have a job, it's like he has an esteemable, actions for, an esteemable action for his own self-esteem. If guys can't have anything that makes them feel good, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to succeed. So it's like, we got to co-create that with them and then they can feel empowered to do it on their own. And, and that's, that's really the, the essence of, of what we're doing. And not to mention having an authentic masculine an authentic sacred masculine, uh, you know, embodied in Alex for, for a young guy to look up to and say, Oh, that's the model of, of what's possible with respect to health. I know you're not going to go off on how great you are, but uh, you are. I, I really appreciate what you're saying. What the world needs now. Where are the men? Love it. Well, I appreciate that, Herbie. And, you know, I just want to touch on that briefly. It's like, you know, I totally understand. You know, I, I, um, I, I think having, having a young staff, having a young team is very important. You know, I've no, you know, I, um, and, and obviously for, for my own personal experience, you know, this is not going to be this way forever. So, um, my goal is that, you know, as this business grows and, and as we develop, um, really making sure that, you know, I have a solid team of, of young professionals doing the work because it, it is important, you know, young guys trying to transition, recover, whatever, they need to look up to other young guys that are doing it. And it's critical. Absolutely critical. Hold for one minute. Well, let me ask you, what do you see happening with addiction as prevention, education, and treatment in the future? Are you hopeful? Yeah, Herbie, I am hopeful. You know, like I mentioned before, um, and I love throwing up his flag, you know, John Sunt with Natural High. Um, everybody should check it out, naturalhigh.org. Um, his story is pretty amazing. He, uh, you know, he started his, his nonprofit back in the 90s when there were only VHS tapes, and his goal was to get you know, a lot of celebrities and people on board just basically sharing their passion, uh, pro surfers, athletes, basketball players, you know, musicians, whatever, saying, you know, music is my natural high, surfing is my natural high. Hmm. Um, and his vision was just to, to, you know, because adolescents are so, so externally motivated, he just wanted to get that media out to all the junior high schools in the country. And he talked about the evolution of VHS tapes in the 90s to now 20 cent apps that he can just send to every school in the country. And um, 
I just think that's amazing, the evolution with that. And, and I really respect people that are on the front lines with prevention. And, um, you know, it's, it's, something, it's something that I'm, I'm willing to address as well. So, I, 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 of course, there's hope. I mean, there has to be hope. And I, and I think we're moving in, you know, in, in, a, in the right direction. It's just going to take time. Um, and it's, you know, I've always been told that evolution is a slow process. Um, and, you know, but of course I have hope and, and, uh, people, people are, people are getting treated for addiction more today than they ever have been. So there you go. Well, it's been 13.7 billion years to get us thus far. So, uh, I love what you're saying about a slow process. We are so dialed into our 90 year dream that, uh, it does take time for for um for things to happen i want to i was riffing on something you said that was so important and now it's leaving i need some more bulletproof coffee uh oh i know what it is i'm going to go out to uh give my regular lecture at the salvation army program tonight and these guys are at that end of the spectrum where they they have no idea that this doesn't have to be a lifetime struggle. This can, if they start taking great care of themselves in the ways we've been talking about, it can be fantastic. Talk about natural highs. It's not struggling with drugs and alcohol all of your life. It's thriving with this new way of being that uh, you were born to, to lead. Yeah. Oh, I can't, can't agree anymore. You know, thrive in your environment. You know I mean? It's like, it's like no, no other option. No other option. So I'm going to ask you to tell us the best way to get in touch with you or your outreach people to learn more about the grounds. Sure, Herbie. Yeah, you know, you can go to my website, which is www.thegroundsrecovery.com. That's all one word. Um, you know, you can also reach our number at area code 805-698-1947 if you want to inquire any information. Um we're here. My team is here, and uh, you know we're we're grassroots at the moment. We've been open for six months, and and we're doing well. And uh, you know it's 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 um it's so exciting moving forward. And uh, please feel free to reach out. And yeah, well, I'm so impressed with the work that you're doing, and I can't thank you enough for for standing up for this most important. Uh, work that needs to be done. So we are informing a culture that needs this information. And I encourage you just to pedal to the metal uh, one little bit at a time. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Alex. Herbie, thank you. And I'm so inspired by your work as well. Your blog is amazing, everything you're doing. And uh, I have a lot of gratitude for being on this show. And, and um, I'm, I'm here to help as you are as well. Right on. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I think we've just heard from the humble voice of reason and the voice of our bright future. Here's a man who has put together a team of other passionate people who are living the lives they espouse and who are bringing all of these healthy lifestyle ingredients to addiction recovery at this bright light of a place called The Grounds. And man, just what the world needs now. Alex Emekis, I welcome you in this lineup of life as a bro in the know regarding wellness and sustainable living strategies anytime. Listeners, go to www.thegroundsrecovery.com or call 805-698-1947 for more information. Thanks again, Alex. As ever, I'm Dr. Herbie Bell, and you can find me on the web at recoveryhealthcare.me, that's .me, 
or facebook.com slash recoveryhealth. Thank you for listening and do us a favor by going to iTunes and giving a rating and a review because all great beginnings start with a conversation. Here's to the next time. And in the meantime, long-term recovery equals long-term wellness. Stay well.